Welcome to the Tom Bernard Show. Sitting in for Tom Bernard, I'm Dave Schrader, along with... Andy Brand Bernard. And Cassie Schrader. We've got Tim Lammers coming up next, right here on the Tom Bernard Show. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's been good. And how do they contact you? At, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Join us every Thursday at 2 o'clock Central for our newest podcast, Car Selling Secrets. It'll be co-hosted by me, Tom Bernard, and Doug Sprinthal from Walzer Automotive Group. We'll be talking about lots of stuff relating to how dealership sales actually work, as well as the latest product updates from nearly every make sold in the USA. If you have questions for the podcast, either email Doug at Walzer.com or call the studio live at 952-800-1492. We're back. This is the Tom Bernard Show. Tom and the team are at the KQ Retreat in Key West, <laughs> yeah. whilst we sit in the winter-encrusted hellhole that is Minnesota. Actually, it's not bad today. Not today. I like I uh, I like when it's you know relatively warm. So up upwards of twenty and snowy. That's my favorite winter weather. Upwards of 20, so you in the 20s to 30s yeah. range is where you're comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree that's pretty good. But, I, you know, I just came back from uh, Los Angeles. Mm. Where, it's a little different there. Yeah, it was 58 degrees outside, and everybody was dressed in yep. parkas. Florida's and, and like com- that. And complaining how cold it was, and then I had to pull up my phone and show them what it was, what cold really looks like. Yeah. We flew out to uh, Los Angeles on, um, gosh, what day was that? Thursday. Yeah. And that's when we had that nice little mini blizzard blow through. So they delayed our flight by an hour. Then we get on the plane and we proceeded to sit on the tarmac for two and a half hours while we were waiting to be de-iced. Why don't they like just de-ice then let you on the plane? Yeah, you'd think that would make some sense. That but would I guess make a lot have, of they sense. They have to take you away, I guess, because of the fumes and everything and whatever it's doing. Oh. They have to pull you out into a special area to, to uh, de-ice and then bring you in. And in the time mm. it takes to... You know, load everybody back on the plane, back out and get going. I think there's a concern that it'll refreeze. Suppose, yeah. So, yeah, that was uh, that was exciting. Going to Los Angeles was nice to get away for two days into uh, decent weather. Where did I come back from? I was oh, we're Las in Vegas. Vegas. Yep. Yeah, so I was in Vegas for Super Bowl. 
Mm-hmm. And that was, uh, I, I, apparently I just can't get out of this cloud of crap weather. Because while I was there, I was supposed to go up to KNYE in Pahrump, Nevada. And she calls me go, uh, you can't come up. They've closed the roads. The passes are closed because we're going to get snow. We're going to get 12 to 14 inches of snow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Is, it, is it on a mountain? Yeah, the Pahrump uh. area. And then um, Vegas was unseasonably cold. So they were getting, you know, a couple of the nights, they were down into the 30s. Mm. So, yeah, it was. Uh, I couldn't get away from it there. At least in California, I had a day and a half of nice weather. Although I had to sit in an office for most of it. Yeah. It's, uh, but it's a different world out there, I'll tell you that. We had a chance to, uh, I, was, I was doing a meeting talking about some upcoming projects that I have going. And uh, Hollywood just runs at a totally different speed than any other place on the planet. The pace of the people, the yeah. the imaginations, the you know, uh, it's just, it's it's a really everything cool, is fast. Yeah, it's a cool experience to watch and see how creative people's minds work in these settings for TV. Mm. Because uh, you know, I, I've been working on getting something going. I should have a project hopefully up and running on the Travel Channel and uh, by Octoberish. So watching how quick this thing comes together and what all has to go, man, you, you got to give them props for how many wheels they have spinning at any one time watching a show be developed. Mm. It's crazy. And all the people that get involved in the programming too. So it's really, really a cool little, uh, yeah, the $50 atmosphere. million dollars a year helps. Yeah. In cases like game of Thrones or whatever, just the sheer amount of money that goes into that now, kind of thing. Do you watch game of Thrones? <clears throat> I have never actually, I don't have HBO for one. Okay. You see, the the issue I'm having is uh, it seems like everybody loves it so much, it's falling into that Sopranos and Breaking Bad category. It's like it can't possibly be as good as you expected. No, to be. that's what I thought about Sopranos, and it was as good as I hoped it would oh. be. And Breaking Bad, the same thing. But I, I'm I'm not a patient man, so I don't like waiting mm. eight to ten months between series. Yeah, I'll do it like what I did with Friends. Basically, get into it at the very end of the show. Because I got into Friends probably two seasons before it ended, so I had so much to catch up on. Oh, that sure. By the time I got to the end, I was, I was there. Well, see, that's what my friend was like. You've got to watch Breaking Bad. You've got to watch it. It's fantastic. I'm like, it's the goofy dad from Malcolm in the Middle. She it goes, is. No, trust me, this show will knock you out. All right, I pop on. I watch Breaking Bad. I fell in love with it. I powered through the first three and a half seasons of it, and then caught the rest live. Right, and. Then there was this painfully long wait between, the, you know, seasons four yeah. and seasons five that it just it, I'm just not not built for that kind of TV. I'm surprised they haven't gone to like an all year, just constantly pushing things out schedule for some shows. Because talk about making money. Well, what they're finding is they're kind of following in the BBC format. You know, the TV programming over in the BBC is they do these series and they really only set them up to do. Maybe a couple of uh, couple of episodes or a couple seasons. Yeah. And they say, okay, this is going to be like a two or three season run. Mm-hmm. No matter how popular it is, they'd rather leave you wanting more yep. than, than do the American way and overstay your welcome. And there's a lot of shows, I think, that could have benefited from that. But, you know, Cassie and I are powering through Breaking Bad right now. I wanted her to experience it because I think it's such a brilliant show. But can you see it? I, I, this isn't a show you could go 26 episodes every year. Mm, no, because I think it would just... It had watered down the product. Yeah, because there's 
there's a lot of working wheels in it, and I think that the, if they ended up going, you know, like 26 episodes per season, they would end up throwing stuff in there that would totally yeah you know, water break, it down, yeah, it'd, break it'd, it apart and break the storyline apart. Yeah. It would have to, it would chop it up too much. So I I appreciate shows like The Walking Dead and Breaking Bad and mm-hmm. even The Sopranos that were you know short run series. I just don't like the length it takes between them yeah. mm-hmm. to get to the next run. They're, right now, I'm a huge fan of Doctor Who. They're killing me with this. The new Doctor takes over this last season, mm-hmm. does her run of, of 10, 11 episodes, does her New Year's Eve special, and then won't be back again until 2020. I mean, that's a, a oh, year. Yeah. <laughs> a year between series. It's pretty good break. Yeah. Well, the problem is, in this day and age, that, that takes a lot of balls, too, because people find other things. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then they don't come back the way you well, thought they would have. The most recent season of Doctor Who also had pretty bad ratings. Well, it depends so, on who you look at. I mean, they, that's what kept being reported in the, in social media. But then I guess the actual ratings were not that far off from the last season or two that Capaldi did. So it, it was major upheaval with a character. It was kind of a big changeover. So I get a little bit of that. But I also understand that like the first couple episodes were the highest rated since like... Uh, I think it was season five or six mm-hmm. of the new reboot of the series. So there's different ways to look at it. I just, I do like the smaller, shorter format, and it's it's easier to power through when you want to go, you know, if, if I want to go watch Scrubs now, you know, you've got 26 episodes. Mm-hmm. You've got, uh, you know, five seasons, six seasons, seven seasons, whatever it is of a show. That's a lot of time to commit. Yeah. Whereas, you know, you got a four or five season run of a show. Mm-hmm. It's still a lot of time, but you can knock them out like mini movies and watch two a night. And then just kind of power through and, and be done with it in a month, month and a half. But I don't know. That's the way. I, do you think, you know, now with the advent of all these streaming services, too, I'm, I'm wondering if TV is even going to be relevant in the next few years. Uh, I think it'll always be somewhat relevant just because, well, they're going to have to make it cheaper. That's for sure. Yeah. If they don't do that, then no, they will not be around for very long. But well, yeah, the the cable prices and and satellite prices are out yep out of control, and especially you know they really what they need to do to get smart is they need to start doing a um an a la carte service. Yeah, that's what I was uh, thinking. Is... Yeah, if we could just go in and pick, you know, hey, I want MTV, yep. ESPN, the NFL Network. Yeah, you, you know. pay like five dollars a channel or something. Right. Yeah, and you just or even ten bucks. I'd rather. If I'm going to pay 100 bucks a month, I'd rather it be for the channels I want yeah. instead of having to flip through 900 channels of That's religious true. programming or yeah. kids programming. Yep. You know, just have Nickelodeon, uh, what's the other, Cartoon Network for the kids, and then a mm-hmm. couple other ones that you need. Well, and then when I went to go cancel HBO because it was at the end of that promotional thing. It took off other channels like Travel Channel and yeah. stuff like that. And I'm like, well, that's not – I just – I don't want HBO. I want Travel Channel, but it's part of the package. Right. You can do uh, – via Amazon, actually, the Amazon streaming, you can do a la carte channels right. to a limited degree. And HBO yeah. is one of those. It's yeah. I think it's like $7 a month or something for just HBO. See, we're, so, there's something wrong with our family, Andy, because we've got DirecTV, right? Then we've got Netflix. <clears throat> Hulu oh, and Amazon. That stuff, yeah. I, that's what we're just going to win. Our contract is up at the end of next year or at the end of this year for um, DirecTV. We're just going to drop it and then just stick with the Hulu and the rest. Because, I mean, we're spending 30, 40, 50 bucks a month just in those little yep. extra runs. 
Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, and now that CBS is doing their own deal, you know, they have some shows I'd really like to see. They've got that Jordan, what is it, Jordan Peele has got a new version of Twilight Zone coming out. Mm-hmm. Oh. But the only way to watch it is on the CBS Naturally. stream. Yeah, it's like CBS Access or yeah. something like that. And then they release the Star Trek TV series, but they only release it to the stream, which to me is kind of goofy, right? I mean, mm. Star Trek is a huge flagship show. And I understand that's what you want to do is you want to put a good flagship show on your streaming service to draw people over. But why not at least make it available on TV for people to watch as well? They probably assume that most people watching it are going to be tech savvy, which is a fair assumption. So they're like, oh, well, they'll stream. They don't care. Well, it's not even being tech savvy. It's just I just don't want to add another five bucks a month or ten bucks a month to my to my bills that I'm already paying for. You know, if I'm paying for cable and CBS is part of it, why am I paying for extra programming? Yeah. You know, do I, but I'm still forced to have Dr. Phil on the channel or, you know, uh-huh. or the Chew or some of these other programs I would never watch. Yeah, it's, it's going to get crazy, but there is so many channels out there right now that just. Too many. I, I'm seriously, if you went through your list and looked, how many channels do you think on cable you actually watch? It's maybe one out of a hundred. Yeah. Really? Oh yeah, yeah, totally. I don't even. Know. Yeah, I watch uh, Discovery, Investigation, Discovery, and that's about it. Right, Investigation, Discovery, uh, HLN because Forensic Files. Yes. Although that's hilarious, right? When we were out in Vegas, anytime you'd go to the room, you turn on the TV. HLN had Forensic. We just left and just left it on all weekend. It was all weekend yep. of Forensic Files. They just beat the hell out of one show to death. They do. That's like the thing now on cable is True they'll T- just they'll play one show for like a week. Yeah, True TV does that with uh, Impractical Jokers. Yeah, it yeah. sure does. <laughs> and one of the kids like started recording it, and all of a sudden I look and there's like 80 episodes yep. of Impractical Jokers. I'm like, why do you have to record this? It's always on. You don't need mm-hmm. to record it. Forensic Files. Everybody loves it. Right, addicted to the show. How many? Uh, when do you think the last year was of the show? Oh, probably ninety-eight. Ninety-eight. Yeah, they stopped filming it. it no, two thousand eleven. Really? <laughs> yeah, ninety-eight is about when it started. <laughs> no, it started in the no. early. No. <laughs> It uh, yeah. started in 96. 96, yeah. So and then, I don't know what show you're thinking of. 2011 is when it ended. 400 episodes, right? Uh, 406, including six-hour-long specials. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that show has been just reruns for the last nine or eight years now. Mm-hmm. Nine years. And I still haven't seen most of the episodes. 400. I mean, they're uh, 22 minutes, I'm guessing. So uh, well, th- yeah. yeah, yeah, roughly. Oh, 22 is like the standard half-hour show mm-hmm. minus the commercial breaks. Yeah. So let's see. That's 146 hours. So, you know, you'd have to sit down and basically watch for six days straight just to see them all. So. I wonder how many criminals are sitting down watching Forensic Files to figure out what they should and shouldn't do during a crime. Honestly, it probably does help them. You'd think, but you still, you know, thank God Florida Man is still well, out there. You can keep hearing all mm-hmm. the dumb crimes that they just haven't figured their way around. There's a lot of... Most criminals are not very intelligent, so <laughs> there's that whole aspect. Yeah, it's... Uh... And speaking of criminals, we have Tim Lammers on the phone. Ah! <laughs> Tim Lammers, That's my friend. That's quite an accusation, mister. <laughs> uh, allegedly. Hey, Tim, how you doing? I am only a, a, a thief of hearts. Oh, oh, look at you. 
Do you watch? Uh, oh yeah, because it's Valentine's Day coming, coming up, up huh? this week. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh, Andy. Oh yeah, that's coming up today. It's kind uh, of an important day for some people. Not Melissa. No. No, we don't care about Valentine's Day. Oh, please I'm, be careful, Andy. They all say that, and that's not what they mean. They honestly, I'm the same anything. way. Yeah, I'm the I know. Same way. Mm-hmm. Do something, Andy. Just do something. Make her an open-faced bologna sandwich and cut the bologna in the yeah. shape of a heart. Just do something. To recognize she the really day. doesn't want me to propose on Valentine's Day. Oh, that's so But cliche. what if I did it ironically? Uh, an ironic proposal. Yeah. I'm sure it's been done a thousand times. Uh, do you watch Forensic Files and all those uh, true crime kind of shows at all, Tim, or no? No, not really. But, you know, you were talking before I was listening about the uh you know, I have dish right, right? Mm-hmm. and and I have the lowest cost package, which they jacked up in price by ten bucks recently and it I'm you know really to the point where I just really need to go shopping for a digital antenna and say enough is it, enough of this because it, there's just nothing there with right. the package yeah. I have it's the most basic one, and I have the local channels but you know, I, I think a problem with, you know, before the, the, the proliferation of all the streaming services, and believe me, I think it's a good thing, especially because um, for I think you get a lot of bang for your buck with the amount of money that you still, even though they jacked up the price for Netflix a little bit, mm-hmm. I, I still think you get a lot for that. But, you know, for example, I watched uh, a big fan of Ash versus Evil Dead, and the only way you could get that was on Stars. Right. And so you could do a deal with Dish where, okay, well, we normally it's $10 a month, but we'll let you have it for $5 a month for three months. Yeah. Well, great. Goes 10 weeks long. Great. Well, Tim, well, hold on. Let's, so we'll we'll have... carry this on in a second. We've got to take a quick break. We'll come okay. back. Tim Lammers joins us right here on the Tom Bernard Show. It's Tom Bernard with CEO Michael Bilski from North American Banking Company. Michael, we spent some time talking about your free app and money transfer service, XCheck, which is just great, by the way. You can transfer money to your kid to travel home from college and lots of other uses. I got wind of another service you provide at North American Banking Company. What's this Super ID I've been hearing about? Great question, Tommy. Super ID uses your face proof and your finger proof to keep your identity and your money secure. It's really a foolproof way to protect your family and your business from identity fraud. It's simple, fast, and oh, the best part is that it's free to our customers. Super ID, super easy, and super secure. Visit nabanco.com or see my personal banker to get the scoop on XCheck and Super ID. North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC and an equal housing lender. Tom here. Over the years, you've heard me go on and on about my eyes and how great I've been treated by the folks over at Whiting Clinic. Well, it's not just me. There's a reason Whiting Clinic is the number one LASIK practice in the United States and the trusted LASIK provider around these parts. Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, the most advanced Contura laser technology, and lifetime coverage are all backed by Whiting Clinic's best price guarantee. Being the experts that they are, They want to make sure you have the very best for your eyes, just like I did. For a limited time, mention my name and receive an additional $300 off your LASIK. That's $300 off Whiting Clinic's already low price for LASIK. Trust your eyes to Twin Cities LASIK experts. Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. Visit whitingclinic.com or call 855-554-2020 and don't forget to tell them Tom sent you. Offer expires March 31st, 2019. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offers.
How apropos, Tom and the crew have journeyed off to Key West, Florida, leaving us in the cold. Tevin's back. Yeah, I'm back. Hey, Tevin. We've got uh, Tim Lammers on the line. All right, Tim, we're talking uh, programming and, and all the different iterations and versions, and you were starting to inform right. us regarding some of the options of watching shows like well, Stars Programmings. So, yeah, so let's say normally you would pay $10 per month for Stars. Okay, again, I did it. I, to me, you know, it was worth the money just for one of my favorite shows. Right. But when you pair that up with, you, you look at that $10 you spend on that where you have maybe five, six, half dozen, maybe up to ten original shows. Then apart from that, they play also-ran movies from years ago. I mean, you rarely get anything really new. And then you, you look at that $10 you spend as opposed to the 10 11 12 whatever you spend for Netflix. And look at how much more you get for that. I don't know how these stars outlets try to even com- – they can't compete with that. No. But you're, you're getting so little in comparison for your money. I'm shocked that networks like that are still in business. Yeah. Because, again, if you, if you have a budget and you say, okay um, – if I have a choice of with Netflix where I can get thousands of opportunities, your options or whatever, and how many new shows do they put out of the year, as opposed to stars where let's just give you a liberal number, say a dozen a year, you're going to take Netflix, you know? Yeah. So I, I'm shocked that even cable television is still around because of that. Well, I think, I think it's starting to get its back broken slowly. And we're going to see, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be too sure if by 2021, 2022, the cable as we know it is gone. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't see how, yeah. you know, I, I even decided long ago what I was going to do is just wait and start buying the series on DVD when it comes out. Because if I yeah, bought the true. eight series that I like to watch on cable on DVD, I figured I was out maybe 200 bucks, 250 bucks. That's three months worth of cable. Yeah. Right, you know that's nuts. Why not just go out and buy what what you want to watch, and then you've got the discs to revisit whenever you'd like to. So I don't know. I'm starting to feel like that yeah. crabby old man on it's the corner. That immediacy thing, though. <laughs> These kids your in their show, rock and your roll. favorite show comes back, right? And you want to see it right away. Mm. And for the most part, I can wait for most everything. But there are just certain shows you want to see yeah. right away. But even I have to tell you, I was really psyched about. Uh, the new seasons of all the Marvel stuff on uh, Netflix, but I that that even is tapered off. I mean, I think I started watching Luke Cage right away, and that was the last one. Um, I don't think I ever got around to Daredevil season three, um, and it took a couple weeks to get around to The Punisher, and I stopped watching that halfway through just because it got so ridiculous. So you know, there are just very few shows where I'm just you know chomping at the bit, just waiting. For them to premiere so I can watch them. So you're right. Why not? Why not wait a few months and buy it on Blu-ray? <laughs> you know, you might as well. You could tell us the truth. You've just been keeping Netflix around so you can keep up with Fuller House. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the truth, the truth of the matter is I, I, didn't, I, I didn't ever uh, watch the first yeah, uh, iteration of that show, so there's really no reason to watch uh, mm-hmm. Fuller House. Mm-hmm. But, but there, it, there are great shows. I mean, Kaminsky Method... Um, boy, what else do they? Oh, <laughs> has anybody seen Velvet Buzzsaw yet? No. That's the new movie that uh, premiered on Netflix with Rene Russo 
and Jake Gyllenhaal, directed by and written by Dan Gilroy. These are the three people who did uh, Nightcrawler. So they brought their new film, and this is one bizarre movie. Um, it, uh, it's it's a, a movie about uh, the art world, the art dealing world, art criticism, but it has this huge supernatural sci-fi sort of twist. So I would recommend it, it just because it's, it's called Velvet Buzzsaw. It just hmm. premiered a couple weeks ago. Uh, but it's damn good, but it's, I will warn you right now, it's weird. I mean, it is just bizarre. Um, I don't so, know if, yeah. we, I don't know if I, we've it, ever met. It's hard met, to talk but, about without giving anything away. Yeah, I don't know if we've ever met, but that, that kind of is my thing. I love weird and bizarre. Uh, Velvet? I'm going to look that up while we're chatting so I don't forget to put it on my list. Velvet oh, yeah, Buzzsaw. See, why, if, yeah. why are we not hearing things like this? You know, that's the other really well, weird deal. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, uh, you know, because of what I do, I mean, I'm constantly every day, you know, several times a day or at night, whatever, I'm looking at the Hollywood reporters. I'm looking at Variety and the rap and all the industry um, trade um, publications. And, you know, so I'm, that's how I became aware of it. But generally, when you have a big film like this, and because I think it is a pretty sizable release for this platform, it's generally there when you turn on Netflix. I mean, it's, it's like it's there as an option for you. Now, that might be tailored, you know, due to my viewing habits or something. I don't know why. But, you know, it, it seems to be pretty prevalently um, promoted on the platform when you, when you uh, log into Netflix or whatever. And that's how I became aware of it, uh, apart from, you know, the, um, the trade magazines. But, uh, yeah, how do, you, how do you advertise that sort of stuff? Look at that. Look at how they advertise. You notice how Netflix didn't have the big uh, premiering after the big game with uh, that Cloverfield movie like they did last year? All I don't right. know if that movie move paid off or not. But, um, yeah, yeah it, it's, there's so much out there. It, it is hard to compete, I would imagine that. Have you heard about that new series, Russian Doll? You know, it's funny, uh, at the end of Velvet Buzzsaw, this, that was the one that popped up into the queue, and I had watched it late, uh, so I didn't get into it, but I, it, it looked interesting. I, I, I don't really know any, I try to av- avoid any sort of details about anything. Well, here's, um, here's like the, the basics of it. This is, I, the commercials of it look good, and I, I'm not giving anything major away in this, but it says, Nadia keeps dying and reliving her 36th birthday party. She's trapped in a surreal time loop and staring down the barrel of her own mortality. And it looks like whatever mm. version she tries to live, she ends up dying some other horrible way right. uh, throughout the episode. Have you watched any of this? Uh, no, I heard no. it's oh. like, pretty much like Groundhog's Day. Right, or, or yeah. Happy Death or Day. Or Happy Death yeah. Day. And now yeah. there's Happy Death Day 2. Uh, which is out? Is that already out in theaters, or is that coming out soon? This week, this week. Okay. Happy Death Day to you. Yep. Yeah. So that, uh, but the first Happy Death Day was hilarious. That was a great, well it was done a great movie. movie. So it'll be mm-hmm. interesting to see that. And I just realized there's another new show called Always a Witch on Netflix. A young 17th century witch time travels to the future to save the man she loves, but must uh, adjust to present day Cartagena and defeat a dark rival. I'm in. Witches, time travel? I'm missing all these shows. I got to just start scrolling through here and see what kind of crap is pulling up that needs my attention. Uh, I've been watching a lot of the documentaries on on there. I watched the um, uh, Richard Nixon and the Man in Black documentary. Did you see that? 
No, I didn't. I didn't. It was pretty interesting because I just watched uh, John or USA versus John Le- uh, U.S. versus John Lennon, and that was an interesting look at John Lennon and, and kind of this weird upheaval he was creating in America and how the FBI was targeting this guy. And it's pretty remarkable that it was just within a few years of him finally settling down, he was assassinated. And, you you know, it, the way they were talking, it almost sounded like they were leading to that point where they were going to have to get rid of him to begin with. So I'm wondering if that was kind of a carryover, his death, now getting into that conspiratorial thing. But then the the other one is the man in black and Nixon, and it's Johnny Cash and Nixon. And it's this kind of interesting story. They give you a different side of of the uh, politics of all what was going on and how Johnny Cash was invited to perform. And he was, you know, he's not like a performer today. He saw the role of president as important, whether you agreed with the man or not, you, you did what the president asked and he asked him to come perform. But what was funny is Nixon tells him, Hey, I want you to come sing some of that hillbilly uh, music that you guys love so much. And I'd like you to do these four songs and none of them are Johnny Cash songs. (laughs) So, he didn't. Johnny Cash shows up and does none of the songs that they asked him to do. And then in the middle, he does this one protest song. But he did it in a classy kind of way where it, it's really an interesting little short documentary if if you're into that. But it's kind of cool to watch how Johnny Cash, you know, did what he had to do, but he did it with respect. And he was polite to the president and everybody around it wasn't a slam. And I guess other people had made large presentations and had gone after the president and his choices with Vietnam and 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 Cash just handled it in a totally different way, which for a rebel you thought you know was a little intriguing that this is the way he chose to to go down. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many oppor- you know, opportunities for vastly different program uh, programming on Netflix. You just don't know what to watch. And again, it's kind of skews. If you know, obviously, Dave. I mean, you, if you have a fascination with documentaries, you're going to lean that sort of way. And um, because there is a lot of true crime stuff on there too, isn't there? Yeah, there's true crime, there's celebrity stuff. Although, you know what's really weird to me is you watch something like, you know, Johnny Cash uh, and, and Richard Nixon, and it goes, because you watch that, we suggest nipple clamps and hot wax. And I'm like, how does that even, where's the connection to there's this? There's some, like, that? subcategory, yeah, thing, right? whatever, label it as that connects yeah. with some random. So, of course, I watched it, but I just yeah. still don't even see what, and then you go into that rabbit hole, and because you like that, yeah, you're going to yeah. love... Yeah, uh, goofy stuff. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about movies out right now. What about uh, my family? Absolutely love the Lego Movie. Everyone loved yeah. the Lego Movie. Lego Movie Two is coming out. Uh, what do you think of that? I mean, is it was it worth it? Is it a worthwhile sequel, or is it a sequel we didn't need? Oh, I think it. I think it definitely works, and I actually screened that. Uh, my wife and I screened it with uh, Cassie, and uh, I'm sorry, what, what, what is the name of your son who is with you, Cassie? Oh, it's Max. Max, that's right, Max. And, uh, you know, we all enjoyed it, and the audience certainly was getting into it. And, um, you know, I mean, look, it, it works. It, it really, that first film, I think, was probably bigger than they ever expected it to be. And not surprisingly, the, the opening box office for this wasn't as big as the, the first one. Mm-hmm. But I like the way they took it in a different direction. They didn't set it in the, you know, the big Lego metropolis again. I mean, that, that beginning, especially where it was set in a, almost a, a Mad Max Fury Road sort of setting. I wish they would have kept it there actually a little bit longer and explored that a little longer. And then, of course, then they took it into outer space after that. So, you know, and then the, 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 the big issue with the first film was 
you know, the conflict between the father and the son. Well, now with this one, it's a conflict between brother and sister. Um, so they did everything right, as far as I'm concerned, in forwarding the whole, you know, plot and the story of, of the, the whole Lego movie experience. I mean, granted, there are only two, and the, and the Batman Lego is a totally different film. But, um, yeah, I, so I, I really liked it a lot. I thought, I thought they, they did everything right, and it was really entertaining. I'm just shocked it didn't have... It was number one, but they expected it to open far bigger than it actually did. Yeah, I think it's down by like thirty million from where the first one opened up. That's mm. yeah, that's for, that's a huge, huge drop. Right, and for something um, that was so, so widely popular. Although, when did that come out? That came out two weeks ago, right? Uh, no, last this last weekend. Oh, just this past weekend. Um, well, part yeah. of it, you know, I know in, in a lot of the Midwest was getting beat up by bad weather. I don't know if bad weather That's kept people true. from hitting the, the uh, movie theaters yeah. like they normally would. Uh, because we've had that polar vortex. It's just, you know. You know when you literally can't leave the house? Right. right you might die. Yeah, so yeah. when you've so got that you cover. see movies. You've got that cover. I mean, we're not Green Bay. We, we won't go out in that weather. Right. But uh, <laughs> they'll wear no shirts or you know, go shirtless <laughs> and watch a football game. game. But the the cold weather is probably what kept that impact as well, right? I, I would guess. Or are people getting, you know, I wonder if people are getting more like I am. If it's not something like a big scope movie to me is any of the Marvel movies, Star Wars movies, science fiction laced. So there's a lot of spectacle to see. Otherwise, I don't want to see a drama on a big screen anymore. I'll wait till it hits Netflix or it hits DVD for a buck fifty over at Redbox. Do you think that's also having an impact on people? Go for the big spectacles yeah, and then stay I mean, home for the the quieter movies. The point of the big screen is the fact that it is big and the resolution is high, so you can see. But it's like you know, I, you know, Jennifer Aniston sitting at a cafe. I don't care if that's in four K or not. <laughs> yeah. So you're gonna watch it either way. Is that what you're saying? Either way, it's a sure thing. I'll watch Big it screen, on analog. Crack, you cracked iPhone screen. <laughs> Tube TV. I'll watch uh, it. Uh, <laughs> well, and you know, talking about Netflix before, right. it doesn't even take long for a film to be to go from Blu-ray to Netflix. Right. Now, they, they, you know, they. I mean, you can if you want to see Black Panther, that's on uh, uh, Netflix already. A lot of mm-hmm. the Disney titles seem to make a pretty quick transition. You're, they're out on Blu-ray or whatever for only a couple months, and they're already on the streaming services. Whereas, you know, cable. Again, going back to that whole thing, it seemed to take about a year before you would see anything. Right. I think that has more to do with HBO. I think that has more to do with the pirating issues, how quickly people were spinning out pirate versions. So now you release the Mm. DVD shortly after and then release it to to the Netflix. Then people don't even need to buy the crappy version on, you know, pirate. Let's take a break. We'll come back. We've got more Tim Lammers right here on the Tom Bernard Show. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. 
Tom Bernard here to tell you, Priority Courier Experts has immediate openings for drivers looking for more. Priority drivers are independent contractors who set their own hours, start from their own driveways, and deliver local on-call parcels and freight, which means you're home for dinner every night, and you get paid weekly. Right now, Priority's driver-friendly lease-to-own program has brand-new dock trucks, flatbeds, curtain sides, and tractor trailers just waiting to be driven home. And Priority is also offering a $4,000 sign-on bonus to qualified drivers. So if you've got the skills, we can get you qualified to start driving a brand new truck in as little as three days. Calling all drivers. Come get the $4,000 sign-on bonus you deserve for all the knowledge and experience you bring to the delivery business. Call our fleet reps right now at 651-748-4477 or visit them online at Priority.com. Priority Courier Experts. Every time you call us, we deliver. We're back. This is the Tom Bernard Show. Filling in for Tom Bernard, I'm Dave Schrader. Tim Lammers on the line with us as we talk about entertainment. Tevin was just telling us off air. He, he finally got around to watching the documentary about uh, what was it, Bill yeah, Bill, Bill Murray, Murray stories? Yep. Yeah, like yes, I think that's what it's called. Where he yeah. pops up at random places mm-hmm. and is doing dishes and. And the guy <laughs> thinks it's like an urban legend, so he starts tracking down and finds evidence yep. to prove every one of these weird stories that yeah. Bill Murray. Somebody walks into a party and Bill Murray's doing the dishes for the fam- for the people yeah. during the party. Doing dishes like some house party where he was like in the band or singing with the band or something. Yeah. Right. And then the cops showed up and he like chilled the cops yeah. out. Yeah. That he was, was like awesome. shaking a tambourine in the cop's face. He's like, <laughs> come on and join us. <laughs> I was skeptical. I was skeptical when I started watching it. Cause I was like, well, it's people telling stories about the time they met. Somebody. Yeah. But they actually had enough footage and stuff right. in there where yeah. it was intriguing. I love that. They, they show the animation deal and they're like, Bill Murray's like, this is disgusting. Somebody needs to do these dishes. You guys go party. I'll take care of that. And then he throws out the apron. He's washing dishes. And then they show the actual footage yeah. of him doing the guy's dishes. Well, yeah, they had an actor wearing like this rubber Bill Murray mask. It was I think that of... was a documentarian guy that was doing it, wasn't that it? That was kind was of it? creepy. Yeah. 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 Some of those live action scenes, mm. like it's a dramatization mm. oh, or whatever. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, I was like, oh, that's not good looking. <laughs> rubber masks well, never look good. Isn't he bound to pop up at a Saints game every year oh, yeah. at least? One or two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He owns. I, I found it. My son was telling me he actually owns a stake in multiple minor league teams. Oh, is, does he really? It's not just really? the two. It's multiple teams. So, yeah, that's a good. That's a good fun little short documentary. Yeah, that one in the Fire Festival was the other one I yes, watched. Yes, I oh, just yeah. watched that Ooh, one. How was that? Oh, it's phenomenal. It's like it's amazing. It's to such see a crazy story. He was able to get away with. All the stuff that he really genuinely thought that he was going to pull off this festival. Yeah. But without doing anything to actually pull yep. off the festival. <laughs> yeah. He just, he just wanted to party with Now, that's the models. Netflix one. I heard there's also another one on Hulu that's yep. a different take or Is a different there? look at no, it. No, um, I started watching it, and it's not really much of a different. It, it, it gives his point of view, but it still has the other point of view in it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And yeah. I, and so. I heard the Netflix one, His he owns the company that was like the executive producer on the documentary. So he wow. technically oh. like got paid. It was probably whatever going to his get him out of prison but sure there yeah or to the 26 million that he owes but yeah he so the, the the object is uh ja Rule, right 
uh, no, so it's Billy McFarland and Ja Rule. Yeah, Bridge right. But Billy's ja Rule was like the celebrity face for this yeah. thing. Yes. And yep. then, then they decided they're going to put on this huge deal on one of Pablo Escobar's islands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then because they mentioned that it was Pablo Escobar's island, they couldn't use that island anymore. Is yeah. that the whole which, concept? Yeah, which, and it was like there was nothing on the first island. Right. So if they would have stayed there, like it would have been even more of a disaster because there yeah. was like no plumbing. There was no, it was just like a one no house. No infrastructure yeah, for it to put on a music so were they, festival. Were they trying to put on like a Woodstock on this island? Yeah. And yeah. then it just yeah, pretty much yeah, Woodstock 2.0 with all these big yeah. artists. They were trying to beat out Coachella and stuff, you know, make it the new Coachella, but yeah, it fell flat on its face real quick. It's it because he was just pissing through the money like crazy, right? But yeah, he didn't actually like do anything is the thing. No. It's it's not like you yeah. know your oceanfront cottage was like a pup tent on the beach. Yeah, yeah. it's not like they started like putting all this extravagant stuff on and ran out of money. It's like. They just didn't like nothing was anywhere close to what they promised it would be. So where did the money go? Yeah, some of the acts, some of the musical acts that they said that were booked weren't even booked. Hmm. So people yeah. were spending thousands of dollars for this music festival mm-hmm. vacation in the Bahamas. Yeah, some of the tickets were like five thousand dollars, I think. And mm. yeah, I think they only had actually only like one or two bands actually signed, and they just pulled out. They're like, yeah, once they realized what was going, going on, they were like, because what was well, it? They yeah. had, it was supposed to be villas and whatnot, and they had these like hurricane disaster. Yeah, the FEMA tents, yeah. <laughs> and then like it rained, mattress. and everything got wet. Oh, yeah. It, yeah, it was a and disaster. And they have. Um, Lettuce sandwiches or something. Yes. <laughs> They're like, oh, this lettuce is, and cheese. This yeah. is the yep. gourmet food we were promised. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they Everybody show like a cheese show. sandwich with a little bit of lettuce on it. You yeah. almost wonder if it's like oh. d- he wanted to scam people but didn't understand that you have to not get caught in order to get away with it or something. <laughs> I, I don't, don't know. know. Well, because then he paid like a bunch of social media influencers like $250,000 each to post. A like, video like promoting this festival, which looked amazing. They were yes. all in like what the festival was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, when people started showing up, they're like, "You were told us we were having a private jet for this five thousand dollar ticket price, and now I'm on Spirit Airlines." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, because they paid like yeah, Kylie Jenner like two hundred fifty thousand dollars to post this about, yeah. it. and then they were saying, "Oh, well, since we're we got Kylie Jenner, then now we can get Kanye." To perform at the festival, which never happened yeah. either. So yeah. yeah, it was a disaster. Yeah, that's yeah. I want to watch that one. I, I've been trying to avoid much of the storyline just to see how it unfolds. But yeah, I've heard that's a pretty. You're you're gonna sit watching it with disturbing. your mouth agape. Yeah. yeah, I remember like reading about it while it was happening, like mm-hmm. people posting mm-hmm. things online about like just how it turned out. And it really is just the weirdest. <laughs> One of my favorite. Somebody put, while the while word was getting out that this festival was a disaster because people started tweeting about uh, what they were experiencing when they got there. Mm-hmm. Um, this one guy said live footage from the fire festival, and it's got a couple guys got a couple other guys tied to a rotisserie over a fire. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's brilliant. Well, I saw, I saw now, a wasn't it that they couldn't get away, they couldn't get off the island either, right? Yeah, they I had issues like, Yeah, getting people off because the logistics weren't there. So yeah. these people were like trapped on this island with nothing, no internet, nothing. Yikes. Yeah. I know. So did you... I, I got a kick out of this, right? The last Child's Play movie, Chucky, I think it was Cult of Chucky, came out like two years ago. 
and now they've rebooted the whole series. Really? And actually, it's been pretty clever the way they did it. Tim Matheson is the president of this toy company, and he does this little teaser commercial, and he's like, we've, you know, we are on the cutting edge of this, we're that, and they're you know, talking, and toys should mean something to kids again, and, and everybody, no matter what age, race, or demographic, deserves a best friend. And we're introducing, you know, a new product to the industry that's going to revolutionize it, and it's our buddy, B-U-D-D-I. So it's kind of the iPod version yeah. of Buddy, right? And and uh, they're re-releasing this. And then in the new commercial, uh, it, they've got um, Aubrey Plaza is the mom. Mm. And it starts off for like a commercial for some unknown product. It's just referred to as your be- new best friend. And it's this futuristic company called the Caslin Corp. And then they start playing the old uh, Courtships of Eddie's Father theme, mm. Best Friend. And they're playing it over this while they're doing And then... They start releasing. You see little scenes of the knife and the doll, and now it's like an AI version downloaded into these dolls. So, so there's like thousands of Chucky's. I guess I'm not sure how they're going to work it out. If it's uh, going to end up being that they're all yeah. infected, or if the one is infected, and, and does it? It'll be interesting to see how they play it off. But I thought the commercials for it have been really clever. At least I, I've liked that they're doing it that way. But you, you have to ask yeah. yourself: Do they're we really need a reboot? To, they're going to have to sell me on this. I mean, the Brad Dura voice and that, that whole thing was just hilarious, with right. the first one especially. Um, so I'm not, I'm not too hot on this, this new, uh, on this reboot, although I understand. I think they're supposed to be actually doing a, a series as well that does involve, because the guy that created it is not involved with the reboot. But okay. he is involved with the television series. Now, that's mm. weird, too. What is that, the Weekly Adventures of Chucky? I don't, I don't know how they're going to, where are they, are they going to pick it up from the last Chucky movie? I mean, how is that going to work? Or is that, that going to be a reboot, uh, you know, based on the first film or whatever? But uh, I didn't know yeah, they're doing I a don't know. Chucky TV series. Have you TV seen the actual new Chucky doll? Yes. Yeah, it, it looks it, much it, less creepy. Yeah, yeah, and that to me is like, eh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But that's the I, process, it, right? You know, You've got to make something that would look good, cute. You know. Yes, yeah. people wouldn't buy it if it was just some nasty ass. Oh, you'd doll. be amazed. Do you know how many <laughs> do you know how many people give me their quote unquote haunted dolls? And these are some of the most hideous. Yeah. I look at it and I'm like, what toy manufacturer looked at this and said, This is a good look for a doll? Mm. Yeah, especially like from way back in the day before right. technology evolved to where we can make realistic looking things. Like, oh. like you played with that as a child. Right. Like, no no no. Yeah, that's uh, They were all freaky. scary back then. Those porcelain dolls that's with true. the eyes that would open and shut. They were all frightening. You know, they, they started... <laughs> part of the reason that they made dolls with eyes that shut was there was the um, urban legend that spirits could enter the world through mirrors and through doll's eyes, the mm. glass eyes. So they would lay the doll down so it would close its eyes at night so it couldn't become a vessel for spirits. Wow. Superstition is yeah, a weird well, thing. Makes huh? sense. <laughs> But yet I've got a garage full of haunted dolls that have eyes that close. I just, we keep them wrapped in holy bubble wrap, Tevin. So, you know, uh, I like to give them away as gifts when people don't expect it. You know, oh, you're expecting a baby here. Never going to a white elephant. Right. So, yes, we keep uh, keep the majority of them wrapped in bubble wrap out in the garage and have, uh, we actually had a, we got rid of a few of them <laughs> because there was some weird stuff going on really yeah yeah see i don't i don't mess with that i would have moved out of the house really yeah no you just get rid of the doll hunting. it's a lot yeah, easier than moving too, out of the house I mean, yeah there's we're weighing all the options i just talk to the dolls like they're one of my kids <laughs> knock it off 
Weird thing is, the dolls listen better than the kids do. <laughs> Where's the real evil? That's what I want to know. I uh, I had gotten a doll from um, the old Pittsburgh Hospital in Tennessee, which is a confusing thing, right? The old yeah. Pittsburgh Hospital in Tennessee. And I filmed an episode of the show called Paranormal Challenge there, and I really liked this doll. It was just creepy as hell looking and cool. And she goes, well, I'd like you to have it. So she gives it to me. And I took it home, and I had it in my closet, right? And sitting up on one shelf. And then I had this old washboard, you know, the kind with the grate on it and everything. Yeah. So it's, you know, but it was in pristine shape. It's this gorgeous old heavy-duty washboard. And I had it up on, on another shelf. And it's heavy. You, I mean, you have to move it, right? And then I'd done some rearranging, and I'd moved the doll over by the the washboard, and it was kind of behind the washboard. But the washboard is so heavy that leaning against the wall, there's no way to get it off that, right? Right. And after I'd made that move, from time to time you'd hear things in there, but I always just put it off. It probably the cat was messing around in the closet. But I noticed that I never really saw the cat go in or come out. So then I, I'm like, what's going on? And then the one day my cat Mittens comes walking into the room. Stops in front of the closet, looks at it, goes into the closet, and comes out backwards. Like somebody grabbed him underneath his front legs and chucked him out of my closet. Hits the ground. The cat hits the ground flat, looks back at that closet like, what the f- just happened? And it takes off. A <laughs> couple days later, I'm sleeping, and all of a sudden I hear, wham, really loud. And I wake up, and I turn on my lights, and something in the closet. I open the door. The washboard is halfway across my closet. This thing is heavy. You know, it's like a good, I'm going to say five, six pounds. And we can be like, that's heavy, Dave. But I mean, it's something that doesn't just blow over. And not only did it, didn't just fall off the shelf. It's halfway across my, my closet. Nope. So uh, then I, you know, I'd have people, my mom would come stay and everything like that. And she'd be like, can you shut that closet door? I'm like, mom, (laughs) you're the adult here. She's like, I just don't like that vibe coming out of your closet. And it's not like I had, like, leisure suits and inflatable dolls in there. You know, I'm like, okay, Mom, I shut the door. And she, but I had a lot of people that just did not like that. Uh, and you got rid that That's area. one of the dolls you got rid it's, of? It, no, it's still in my garage wrapped in bubble wrap. We got rid of another one that was really creepy whose eyes turned red. Hmm. Yeah, no, I couldn't. Well, here was the funny thing. Everybody's always like, oh, what do you do with those dolls? And I've taken a lot of them to paranormal events, and I've auctioned them off for money for charity. Mm-hmm. And the one that people are begging me online, why don't you sell me one? Sell, I want to buy one of your dolls. So I threw it up. I'm like, all right, what do you – here you go. And I, I, what I, I threw it up there for like 25 bucks and let people bid on it for a couple hours. And it got up to like 450 bucks. <laughs> so I shut her down, took the money, because that's who I am. Yes. And then I sent up the doll. But I took so much flack. They're like, I can't believe you're taking money for a haunted doll. Well, it's American, my friend. Yeah, if, if somebody's going to pay me for it, I'll let them have it. But I, that was the only one I've, I've sold, just outright sold. Yeah. I, but I, got, I probably have, no, if that's the case, I got probably about a half million dollars worth of <laughs> demonic dolls in my garage. Now, Dave, I will tell you that Velvet Buzzsaw goes down that sort of route. I'm going to give you a little hint there. What you just said, just to intrigue you a little bit, you got to see this movie. Okay. Because, yeah, I, and it, again, it has to do with the art, art world. But, you know, and, and in a way, it's a satire, so it exposes the scumbaggery of some of these um, <laughs> art critics and these art, dealer, art dealers and, and stuff like that, and that's funny. Um, but uh, that the supernatural part of it, what you just said about auctioning off a doll, it somewhat falls in line with what happens here in this movie. So. Yikes. There you go. A little right. pizza there for you, Dave. 
All right, uh, Timmy Lammers, thank you so much uh, for popping by. And we're talking about Netflix stuff. Our guest coming up in a few minutes, Kathy Kleiner, promoting a new book. Um, Kathy was actually someone that uh, survived uh, an attack by Ted Bundy and oh. with the popularity of the Bundy Ooh, tapes. Yeah. We're going to talk with uh, Kathy in, in just a few minutes, so stay tuned for that. Tim, thanks a lot for stopping. It's always great catching up with you, my thanks. friend. Have a great week, everybody. All right, you too. We will be back. Stay yeah. tuned. There's more of the Tom Bernard Show coming right after this.